This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Well, Mexico's president has appeared to backpedal on his commitment to halt GMO corn imports from the United States. Bolt Marketing market analyst Dwayne Bussey doesn't think that is having much of an impact today on those corn markets. That story, I never really bought into it too much anyway, because it just we're, we're so cheap for them to just rail or truck the corn in instead of bringing in non-GMO corn from Central America or you know South America. And and honestly, you know Brazil says they're mostly non-GMO, and I don't think they are. <laughs> they're mostly GMO. So I don't know how it was going to work for Mexico anyway. So this didn't shock me, but it is helping the market a little bit, and and maybe sigh of relief from all of us too. The grain market continues to be thinly traded. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camp says trade volume remains light. Some traders home for Thanksgiving already. It'll be a short session on Friday, so just kind of protecting positions and no uh, real sharp volatility for these grains just yet. But that's really the big link is what's going on in oil and, and internationally, of course, the association with not only China and the rising fears over COVID and demand, but then Russia and the war in Ukraine. Cam says Russia and Ukraine will continue to be a wild card for the grains. The latest grain export deal being extended, but also potential sanctions being extended for on European uh, sanctions against Western, or Russian oil exports and then energy products later in December and February. So all that's going on and, and just creating kind of a quiet, uh, but still very important set of uh, conditions for markets. The weekly report from the ethanol or from the Energy Information Administration shows ethanol production for the week ending November 18th is up 30,000 barrels per day from last week to 1.04 million barrels per day. Ethanol stocks are up 1.5 million barrels to 22.8 million barrels. Light volume and lack of fresh market news had the grain markets quietly lower as we went into the morning trade today. Progressive Ag Marketing market analyst Brian Strumman says thin trade volume always has the risk of wild market swings. You know, it could, and, and you can see, see some bigger moves, uh, you know, one way or the other. And, and uh, you, you know, you look at the wheat market today, and uh, the winter wheat conditions were left unchanged at 32% good to excellent, and that's the poorest uh, rating on record, and that goes back to 1986. Competing factors tugging the market in either direction. Uh, dry conditions in the southern plains in Argentina continue to be talked about, but there is some rain in that Argentina forecast, and they had some scattered showers over the weekend. You had the Black Sea Agreement that got extended, and, and uh, a large crop in Russia uh, continues to uh, loom in the background. Rail, river, and trucking issues are in the headlines. However, UPL North American head Craig Beckus says the supply chain situation is changing. Well, it's getting better. I, I think that it certainly last year was an extremely challenging year. Um, I expect that this year will be be challenging. But UPL is well positioned. You know, we're one of the uh, uh, few organizations who's invested heavily in capacity over the last 10 years, and so we're well positioned you know, to, to support growers here in North America with solutions. Product shortages were seen this past year due to logistical problems. We're really getting ahead of it this year. 
You know, I think we're preparing as we look towards 2023. You know, we're really kind of transitioning now to, to next season, and um, we're well in front of it. UPL has been known as a post-patent company. Breckis says UPL is now partnering with technology companies to fill specific needs in the North American grower. With the midterm elections behind us, Government Relations Director for Minnesota Farmers Union, Stu Laurie, says it's vital to build strong relationships with newly elected officials. Yeah, my count, there are 65 new legislators out of the, the um, uh, 201 in, 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 in the legislature. That's almost a third turnover, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, Talk to legislators, invite them out to your farm, take them for, you know, uh, a ride when you're doing some farm work, you know, and legislators want to be engaged. I think sometimes folks are anxious to ask for their time. They love that, right? They, they want to do a good job. They want to represent their constituents well. And Laurie says it's his job to know legislators, farm tours, and in-person visits are important. You know, I'll do my best to introduce myself to all those legislators, but you don't, you know, you, 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 your voice is so much stronger than mine, right? I send emails for a living. I'm your lobbyist. I'll work to do a good job, but, but um, your voice is much uh, stronger speaking from direct experience, what you're experiencing on your farm and your community. And um, these legislators are going to count on that to do a, a good job representing um, the folks that they're elected to represent. National Cattlemen's Beef Association Vice President of Government Affairs Ethan Lane says farm bill priorities boils down to ensuring livestock producers have the right tools. You know, the FMD vaccine bank was a really big deal for us in the last farm bill. We're seeing a really increased use of risk management tools by our cow-calf producers. Uh, that's going to change those dynamics for how those programs obviously roll out. Uh, voluntary conservation programs are always a really big deal for our producers. You know, a lot of that was handled during the Inflation Reduction Act back this summer, but there's still going to be a pretty comprehensive conversation about that. And all of that is taking place at a time when we know inflation is really impacting how far those dollars go. We know we're going to need every nickel of that money to cover those obligations, um, and probably then some. And we're doing that in a, in a Congress that's going to be far more fiscally conservative than the one that's on their way out right now. So that's going to really dominate that discussion. Lane says election results will change dynamics in Congress and may make pushing NCBA's farm bill priorities more challenging. We convince everybody to vote for it um, and get it across the finish line. As we see uh, presumptive Speaker McCarthy start to resolve some of the challenges in his, in his Republican conference, that's going to give us some, some idea of how big a lift that's going to be. If the Freedom Caucus has a lot of input into that and, and a lot of ability to put the brakes on, um, that's going to impede his ability to make a deal. To, to work across party lines, and that's really what you need to get a farm bill done. So it's a lot of where our focus is going to be right now. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, visit Facebook and Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and more at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Talking to U.S. wheat customers in Southeast Asia was a purpose of U.S. Wheat Associates tour in Asia. Minnesota Association of Wheat Growers CEO Charlie Vogel calls it a successful trip. Really shows the the value of U.S. wheats having those relationships in country and being able to problem solve and just work together to because U.S. dollar strong. It, that's a big hurdle to overcome when we're exporting to these countries. So having those relationships and that value added of the technical skills is huge to be able to, for the Minnesota and North Dakota growers to be able to still 
have access to those markets. Vogel says they met with customers in three very different markets. These were in the meetings were uh, procurement, so buyers for the mills, and also um, technical specialists, so the the ones quality control, um, the people making the products, um, product development, really anyone that had that could be, see the benefit from using a higher quality wheat uh, and how they could utilize that to market it to their to their customers. National Association of Wheat Growers Vice President Brent Shane says crop insurance is top priority going into farm bill discussions. Well, I think the first ask that we, our number one priority, of course, is to keep the crop insurance whole because farmers need a safety net in these modern times, if you will. Because in our grandfather's time, they'd say if you had a bad year, you stubbed your toe. And now instead of stubbing your toe, that kind of slip up would be fatal. There's no room for error in today's modern ag economy. The insurance is a very important tool to keep that from happening to not just wheat, but across all the commodities grown. Shane says input costs are still weighing on farmers. You know, it, there's, no, there's no cut and dried playbook. Uh, each individual farm has individual needs, and each farm can be as different as the individual farm manager. Fuel, fertilizer, of course that means higher transportation costs, you know, parts are higher. I can't think of one single thing that isn't higher. And even with the, the rising costs that we're receiving for our product, we're still marginally profitable because of the higher input costs. Northern Ag Expo coming up Tuesday and Wednesday at the Fargo Dome in Fargo. Expo Chair Stu Letcher says to expect two big days of education, information, and trade show booths. News on uh, weather, markets, regulations, and, uh, you know, um, carbon. So those are kind of the, the four areas we're going to be talking about on the program. You can also expect to have uh, a trade show with many, many different uh, products and services offered in the uh, ag retail industry. The show will also have some new features. Yeah, new to the show this year, we're also going to have a complimentary lunch on Tuesday. Um, so uh, people that do come will, will get fed. And uh, we'll also have a uh, farm safety demonstration by uh, NDSU, um, Farm and Ranch Safety Specialist. Angie Johnson will be there. Um, Miss Agriculture USA, Macy Weary will be there. And also we're going to have a demonstration by Cheyenne Valley Technical Rescue on some grain rescue stuff. On Wednesday at 1 o'clock, we're also going to have a, a talk with uh, NDSU football coach Matt Entz. So he'll tell us about what's going on with the season so far. Stockman's Livestock Exchange owner Larry Schnell expects to see smaller runs of feeder calves this year. You know, the FMD vaccine bank was a really big deal for us in the last farm bill. We're seeing a really increased use of risk management tools. Well, the run started, uh, you know, a little slow first part of October, but really picked up here in the last several weeks. Uh, but then we had uh, snow here in western North Dakota. You know, a number of sales had to be canceled. So a lot of operations, including our own, are kind of getting inundated with cattle right now. But uh, we'll work through it. There's plenty of calves to sell right now, not nearly as many as normal. I think we'd be We'll be down at least 20%, I think, as compared with a normal year, and uh, maybe even 30%, because, you know, there are calves lost in that spring snow, you know, and everybody's hanging on to their heifer calves because of that. 
So uh, there'll be fewer calves sold right now, but uh, the market's good. Schnell says prices should improve more later on in the year as wean calves start to trickle through. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Animal agriculture is the target of many activist groups that hope to end animal agriculture. President and CEO of the nonprofit organization Animal Agriculture Alliance, Hannah Thompson Weeman says their goal their goal is as an organization is to stop the spread of misinformation about the industry. If you've ever seen something on social media, in the newspaper, maybe even said by a friend or family member about animal ag that was just blatantly wrong, that's why we're here. We monitor misinformation and myths about the animal agriculture community and work to make sure we're providing a positive, proactive, and united voice for all of animal agriculture. A big part of our effort is monitoring the sources of those myths and misinformation that's out there. And a lot of that comes from the animal rights activist movement. So these are individuals and organizations who are opposed to what we do. They don't believe there's any way to ethically and responsibly use animals for any purpose, including for food. Women says their efforts are to stop misinformation from reaching those with limited knowledge of agriculture. We talk a lot about finding that movable middle. So all of us in the animal ag community, we're over here on one end of the spectrum. And, and then there's that other side of the spectrum, which despite what you're hearing about how everyone's going vegan and it's so trendy to ditch animal protein, the number of self-reported vegetarians and vegans in the U.S., it's about 4 to 6 percent. And so it's an even small percentage of that small percentage that we're talking about that has that extreme mindset. And for them, none of our farm tours, educational efforts, information is going to change their perspective. The vast majority of people fall between those two extremes. They don't really agree with that animal rights mindset, but they're being targeted with this version of animal ag that we would not agree depicts what we're doing. The U.S. Poultry and Egg Association will match all donations made to the Animal Agriculture Alliance on November 29th, the day known as Giving Tuesday, up to $100,000. Checking markets before we leave you this afternoon. Green on the screen here across the grains. Minneapolis December wheat is up 11 and three quarter cents at 9.57 and three quarters. Chicago December wheat's a penny and a quarter higher at 7.92 and a quarter. Kansas City December wheat's up four and three quarters at 9.29 and three quarters. December corn five and a quarter higher at 6.62. March corn's up five and three quarter. January soybeans six and a quarter cents higher at 14.34. March beans up five and a quarter at 14.41. Canola down five dollars sixty cents. Thanks for joining us. Have a great Thanksgiving. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.